Hello everyone, welcome to the Game Swirlers, the wine and book club for games. I'm Ethan. I'm Nathan. I'm Colin. I'm Alex. Let's talk games. Hey everyone, welcome. Today we have a guest swirler, and his name is... Colin. Colin. Hello. And he's going to join us today, and we're going to talk about Undertale, a game developed by Toby Fox. Um... It has gained a lot of popularity all over the internet, and pretty much any gamer, yeah. I would say. Well, one of my favorite games that I've ever played, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. Gained a lot of popularity insofar as it has gained uh, Game of the Year award nominations. Yeah, a lot of people have said it? it's their favorite game. Of like, all time. Ever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is a Kickstarter game as well, so like it started out as just a demo, uh, and people loved it. So, um, got like astoundingly funded and still is a humble indie yeah mm -hmm. uh, it started uh, with a simple game mechanic that Toby Fox created with Game Maker and then he built the game around the battle mechanic uh, mm -hmm. and the game was just spawned from that mm -hmm. definitely one of the most unique battle mechanics I've seen in years probably yeah I mean it felt like um like a, a mixture of like a lot of flash games, like as far as the the battle yeah. itself. So like, yeah. um, is it called like? It's not the impossible game, but like, or where you move your mouse through a maze and like you don't touch things, or like, ah, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. There games like, yep. where like things come at you and you dodge yeah. them. Mm -hmm. So like that's what most of it was, and then there's also platformers, yeah. which is like. There's the shmups. There's like when you fit, fight Metaton, mm -hmm. sort of like a shmup. So mm -hmm. like. It, it was sort of subtly a bunch of other genres that were just an element of this big RPG. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I've heard a lot of people say it, and I agree too, that it has a sort of earthboundy feel to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Toby Fox in an interview actually said that, uh, well, he originally said that aside from this game, because he had to test it, that Earthbound is the most the game that he played the most of. He was actually in some sort of Earthbound uh, club of some sort. But then he took to Twitter saying that it was actually Super Smash Brothers Melee that he had the most hours on. <laughs> oh, that's not surprising. <laughs> but yeah, so Earthbound was definitely a big influence. So he plays Melee. Yeah, he does play Melee. What's his main? Ah, I wish I knew. <laughs> Seems like Ice Climbers guy. Ice <laughs> Maybe it's Snowden that makes me think. Or it could just be a uh, Ness. Could be. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't think of that. That would make more sense, except that, well... Ness is in top tier? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Frisk's got the whole, like, striped shirt thing going on. He does. So. Hey, right, yeah. They even uh, allude to that multiple times. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Frisk goes up to the closet, and he just says, Oh, just a bunch of striped shirts in here. And then when he meets the little kid... <laughs> the monster like, kid. Yeah, yeah, the monster kid. He says, Oh, you're a kid just like me, because you got the striped shirt. Yeah, even even Astriel has the striped shirt yeah, as well. Because yeah. when he's portrayed as the kid, mm -hmm. yeah. oh, that's right. Yeah, so all kids in the game have these striped shirts. Yeah. So uh, should we give a brief uh, description? Attempt of, to give a brief attempt summary. Attempt to give a brief <laughs> summary. So we start off with humans and monsters, right? There's mm -hmm. there was a world where humans and monsters uh, coincided. And then, yeah, this is this is just an intro before yeah, the game Yeah, this is starts. just a very intro. Can you even give a summary? Is that even possible? <laughs> well, we could just say, okay, you're you're a person, a little old kid, 
who goes off on an adventure, right? Well, you've fallen, the you've fallen into this world, yeah. and it's your journey trying to escape the world, basically, mm-hmm. and the choices that you make along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether you choose to fight or not. Yep. Pretty much. To kill or be killed. Yes, yes. as uh, a certain flower. Flowey. Flowey. Flowey the, the flower. The first monster the you meet flower. in the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's sort of the <laughs> that, basics. <laughs> that's the most superficial no. description. So this game, it's it. the game is... Like, that's the world that the game presents you with. But um, the story that you experience takes place over the course of several playthroughs. The first of which, it's it's that face value gameplay where you're like, okay, so I'm going through surviving the monsters, killing or being killed, and then you know, fight the big boss at the end, the boss monster, and uh, free, <clears throat> whatever. Break the barrier or leave or whatever, I don't know. But that, like that, but that's not really the story, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's an actual story behind that. Yeah, there's a lot of moments where the game breaks the fourth wall, especially at the end where Flowey directly tells you after that large fight at the end that you should go back and try not killing anyone. He directly tells you, yeah, try doing that. There's a tale under the tale. <laughs> it's <laughs> that was yeah, terrible. yeah. No, no, you're right. It's like it's like. No, yeah, it's very, the, the the title is very meta. Undertale. It yeah, is. Yeah. It was pretty meta. Mm-hmm. It's one of the yeah. deeper choice games, honestly, that I've played in a long time. Because you got a lot of games that advertise, like, your choices directly affect the ending. And it's like, <laughs> you might get half of a two-second cutscene difference or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know, I felt like with Undertale, each person you choose to spare or not really has a much more profound effect on the rest of your experience throughout the game as a whole. Yeah, there was a there's a literal payoff for every character in the game or like 99.9% of yeah, the characters. Yeah, yeah. Cuz at the end when you've completed two run-throughs, you go back, run through the world, talk to everyone. They're all talking about, you know, they're referencing the game and they're talking about how they're going to go to the new world and live mm-hmm. and would that be every a single payoff, character though? Because, uh, okay, so you go through the game once, right, mm-hmm. and you talk to everyone. Yes. Um, and they have, you know, a couple quips of dialogue there. And then when you um, beat the game, okay. Should we, all right, let, well, let's, let, let's talk about what it even means to beat Undertale in the first place. I mean, I feel like when you're talking about payoff with the different characters... It's like, it depends on which kind of way you're playing. If you're going the pacifist route where you don't kill anybody or, or <clears throat> the genocide route where you go through and you just murder every monster you come across. Because if you just kill everything, you kill the main characters like Papyrus and Undyne and whatnot. And then you don't get the chance to go back through and talk to them. So you don't get that sense of accomplishment or payoff. Hmm. That's how I feel about it anyways. Is the genocide route um, only a one-time thing? Like, for example, when you first play the game, you know, it's the neutral route. No, it's not a one-time thing. So after you do the genocide, does, like, Flowey tell you to do something else as well after that? Or everyone's just dead? So, like, you destroy the world, is what it is, and Flowey can can rebuild the world um, in return for your soul. It's like, if you give me your soul, then I'll rebuild the world. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially resetting the game, and then Mm -hmm. you go through all the whole... Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's... 
there's actually no payoff for the genocide route. There's no like credits ending to that. No, the, in fact, in in the your first playthrough, it'll say something like, um, "Oh, I don't know where it is. I want to say it's that when you're in the judgment room, there's something like when Sans talks to you." Yeah, I don't remember <clears throat> where. Cause there's a lot of dialogue in this game. Um, <laughs> someone says something about you'll never find the happy ending you want. You'll never find the ending you want or like your happy ending i feel like flowey says that a few times yeah mm-hmm. yeah he says that at the but end I, but i think that's like there's something to it. it's like it's never going to be complete it's complete when you quit like yeah there's it does seem like that who tell you to quit yeah at different times and and it's like that's really the only way to win this game is if you're a reasonable human is to get the the ending where you free everyone and never play it again I want to emphasize the never playing it again because I think I don't think there's a true there's a there's an ending that you might really enjoy there's I think there there might be a true ending but in a sense there's not actually a true ending it's when the player decides to end the game mm-hmm. that's a true ending when he just stops going back and resetting maybe or just I don't know leaving the game it's mm. the player right there's not a true mm. ending there might be an ending that's like oh this is ideal but I don't think there's ever really a true ending. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so a lot of people ending, online have been talking the about The ending that. could be even like halfway through the game. And yeah, you just yeah. Never pick it up again. Because I think the game really emphasizes the player and the game itself and the relationship between the two. Yeah, that's true. Because hmm. I, I can't. I feel like he does. But I can't remember if this is exactly correct, but uh, Flowey, I think in the final battle, like the final, final battles, mentions something about. In the pa- how, in the how, pacifist end pacifist route. Oh, I don't. Th- I I'm not sure if it matters if it's pacifist or not. Okay, but, yeah. Um, Wait, where you just all the flowy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I feel like he mentioned something about like you can't go back and reset, or you, it's like he's subtly, not well, not even really subtly, just telling you like your previous saves for your game aren't gonna work from this point on, is stuff like that. Oh, I so. think he was just trying to taunt you. Yeah. With that, because then you do end up resetting no or he ends up resetting it himself sort of he says yeah this is in the neutral route and he says that uh, you can't just go back to one of your saves yeah oh you have to start over start over it's something like that I can't remember so like that's that's like that's the driving mechanic in this game is save like yeah Mm -hmm. and like in the true narrative like in in the full picture of what's going on here like saving it is about like you as a player interacting with this this game world and i okay so you know the indian in the cupboard mm-hmm. like that's what it is to me it's like um like it, like you set up the this toys actually i'm not really familiar with the story <laughs> but it's that sort of idea where it's like um is it when he's not there that they in, that they no. do stuff or is it when no, the no, bo- you the close boy. it and open it and yeah. yeah so so it's like that i don't know the exact comparison because i'm not familiar with you close and open the game, same as you close and open the cupboard. So you yeah. Can't... So when you're playing the game, the characters are alive. When you're not playing it, they're all dead or they don't exist. Yeah, but maybe just not, or they exist in in a different. So Schrodinger's characters. <laughs> Schrodinger's <laughs> characters. <laughs> like you opening the cupboard or closing, you're setting them up in another way. Like that's like you playing the game and like they're aware that they're being moved around in some way. Some of them are or whatever. But like that's that's your power, like your your power as a player to do this stuff. And mm-hmm. Flowey, 
to some extent also has that power mm-hmm. and i think Flowey's just saying at that point like like you're, you're not closing this cupboard or, or have that freaking works i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i it's think, I think that works now. yeah 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 i see that in terms of character creation or uh character design this is one of the favorite, my favorite characters I've seen, and the most original characters that I've seen in a long time, too. Like, um, I don't know, I just, I really, really love Papyrus and Undyne. <laughs> <laughs> Two of my favorite characters ever, honestly. Like, I don't know, just something about them. The, the sort of monster feel, but at the same time, they f- still feel relatable and... Yeah, they're human. not spooky, scary <laughs> monsters. They're yeah, they're they're monsters, but they feel relatable and human. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, the, this game had I, I so many characters I cared about. Like even the stupid like grunts. Mm-hmm. Like, do you actually care about a Goomba in Mario? No, uh, not the least. <laughs> I don't even care that I killed any of them, and I know their exact locations in like World One One. Mm-hmm. But yet, like. I, Washua, like, why do I like Washua? I don't know. He's a goober. He's sooner playing. Yeah. <laughs> I like how they extended the the characteristics to not only the actual characters in the game, but to those monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even in encounters, you, you, you don't even really random encounter enemies in this game. You you always encounter them in the same spots in in every playthrough, and that and that's just to you know familiarize with the characters, right? Yeah, they're, they're not even enemies in the traditional sense yeah the characters and they're in um in of themselves like there are other people in the world who they are have just... emotions yes, and exactly. uh you know exactly very uh, <clears throat> intimate feelings that mm-hmm. may or may not be expressed mm-hmm. yeah you're not just talking with them like in most games it's just an Oh, it's an NPC character. You go up, talk to them. They say something funny, and you walk away. You actually interact with them. You yeah. they have their own reactions to certain things you do, and that just adds to the options to the game. And they're not just like faceless masses, like yeah. Goombas. Or... That they are for a while though. They are. So a lot of them, you meet them as combat characters. Like mm-hmm. they don't have sprites on the main map. They only have sprites in combat. And then yeah. after you complete the area and you go true. back through, then they're represented, and then you care yeah. about them yeah. as characters. That's true, yeah. But when you're first introduced to them, the way it introduces to you is as an enemy in combat. Right, just as the, you know, uh, typical enemy monster in any other RPG. Yeah. So. In the genocide route, when you go back through, are there less of them? Because that would make sense. I feel like that'd be more of a hit. What do you mean, are there less? The, you, you kill them is, off. It, yeah, it, I mean, yeah, like are there none of them? Is there a way to go off? back? Yeah, you go back and there's nothing left. You've killed every single character. That's that's kind of creepy. I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> that is creepy. It's really dark. <laughs> but it is an ending that you can choose. Yeah, yeah. It's again that your actions really truly have consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like reactive to the consequences. Like mm-hmm. throughout it, you said like like it usually it's like a two second difference mm-hmm. in your cutscene right that's what you said yeah, like yeah like the like the payoff is super small and at the end mm-hmm. and this isn't even about a payoff it's about narrative like it is yeah. a dynamic narrative is and it's immediately responsive because i you know i kill dogami and dogaressa and then i'm in town and dogami and dogaressa aren't at the poker table like <laughs> yeah i suddenly i'm like dang i i did that and it sucks <laughs> yeah. yeah did you do that your first playthrough yeah, but I knew what I was. I knew what I was doing because I was kind of spoiled. Okay. So, yeah. My experience with that was Undyne. If you uh, take her to the limit, I guess, and you're killing her, 
I don't know if any of you have seen this, but she sort of like keeps going. Mm-hmm. Like after she dies, she comes back and reforms mm-hmm. and starts fighting even more. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I think the music stops at one point and it's just her and the attacks are coming in so slow. And like, it really spoke to me and like how she was fighting her heart out. And then, No, I didn't see that. That's really depressing. Yeah. <laughs> and then after you've killed her, the music is just, and you're just walking to Hotland for like 10 seconds. There's no music. In silence. Like, oh, jeez, yeah. what did I just do? I feel like I just <laughs> oh, man. killed off a, you know, a character that meant a lot. And but really, I learned my lesson on the second playthrough. I didn't. That's really brutal. Yeah. <laughs> no, it gets worse when Alphys is helping you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when she's calling you on the phone? Yeah, and she po- she posts on her, um, uh, what's the, undernet? She posts on her undernet profile. Oh, yeah. Like, um, uh, haven't watched the uh, human versus Undyne fight yet. I'll, I'll catch that later. Gotta help this. Gotta help whoever right now. And like, if you just killed Undyne, that is like not even that far after. You're like, oh. Yeah, that's weird. Dang. After, oh, right yeah. after you kill her, you know, uh, Papyrus calls and he's like, oh man, we should hang out with Undyne. You'll, you'll, we should hang out and meet later. And then, oh, right. man. All these, right after all these moments where people mention Undyne, like, oh, we should talk and hang out and stuff. But no, like, I, I killed just, her. You just killed somebody. <laughs> Someone who is living oh, and breathing in this world. Like, they're not forgotten immediately. Mm-hmm. They're mentioned. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know if I have it in me to do a genocide run. <laughs> <laughs> well, the game anticipates that. It says that in... um. Someone... I don't, I don't know who. Someone says it. Uh, <laughs> Probably. Uh, that in the genocide run, I want to say... Well, I know Flowey definitely says it at the Is end it where it's like, please don't reset the game. Everyone's oh. happy right now. Don't don't erase all of this. Flowey does say at the end of the genocide mm-hmm. run says that um, there are people watching videos who can't do what you've done. Because cause they can't bring themselves to do what you've done. Like what you just said. Like mm. people are going to watch this on YouTube because <laughs> they can't themselves do the genocide oh. run. Hmm. Interesting. What do you think the purpose of the comedic elements in the game? Because the game was littered with a lot of comedy and self, you know, it was very self-referential, which is also very comedic. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from, you know, creating that connection between you, between the game and the player, what was the purpose of the comedy? Because, uh, so at least the first playthrough, I thought, I often thought that it might have been a little overdone. Mm-hmm. Um but the second playthrough, when I the first playthrough, I did a neutral. I did the neutral route, and then uh, the second playthrough, I completed the true pacifist route. Um, and at the end, the very end of the true pacifist route, I kind of made up my mind a lot about a lot of things, and so uh, it kind of canceled all the <laughs> um, negative things I had towards the comedic elements that I d- disliked. Um, but I don't know what. Now, obviously, there was a lot of anime references, and I think it was sort of that anime feel where I have watched a lot of animes, and maybe the first eight, nine episodes, it's like, okay, is it going to get to the point at some at, at some point, you know? Uh, they're developing all these characters, but I don't understand what's going on yet. And then all of a sudden, there's this turning point where the real event happens, and that being, I guess, the end of the game, and the rest of it just is a thousand times better. I, I guess it was sort of that feel, at least for me. It felt a lot mm-hmm. like an anime. And in terms of that jokey feel where your animes are either super serious or like 
they're in serious situations, but they can't help but be funny. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I don't want to say comedic relief, but like I can't really think of a phrase other than that. Because <laughs> mm. uh, I guess also to sort of help you relate to the characters a little bit more, because it's not like they're just one straight, yeah. like steadfast super warrior person or whatever. Like, okay, in Undyne's case, like, yeah, yeah, she's obviously, like, really intense and really powerful, strong, knows how to fight, but she's also knows how to joke and knows how to be funny and... Knows how to cook. Yeah. <laughs> she, she can cook. Mm-hmm. As well as she can wield a sword or spear, whatever it was. I can't remember now. It was, like, spears. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, I just, yeah go ahead, go ahead. I was just curious if there might have just been a different way to approach that because the end when you face uh Asriel, uh it had a very deep emotional connection that i felt uh in that mm-hmm. single moment um and I, it's hard for me to kind of connect the rest of the game to that moment i know because they're obviously i wouldn't be having those emotional connections if that those past things didn't happen but i'm still confused as to how those connected right oh so you're so you're trying to Throughout this whole funny game, it's so comedic, it's so funny, and then all of, of a course sudden, not at all times. But yeah, the, it, that's there's prevalent. some like really at the end, it's very serious yeah. and stuff. It's like how did that? How did that make me be so emotional at the end of the true pacifist route? Even though everything was so funny, right? Right. That, well, yeah. I think it is that it's sort of what Colin said is that everyone has two sides. You know, they have that serious side, and then they have that funny side. Not like all the characters aren't just one dimensional. Yeah. So you. Even Sans, he's super jokey, but then you go and talk to him in the restaurant, and he's like, if it wasn't for Toriel, you'd be dead. And when he said that, I was like, whoa, Sans, <laughs> geez. I mean, this whole time you've been jokey, and now yeah. you say that. Like, it adds a whole, just that one line adds a whole new depth to his character. So it's just like, okay, he's not just the funny guy, or Papyrus isn't just the silly guy. They all have different stuff, and it makes you care about them more. Yeah. Since you have all these separate emotional connections. It sort of shows, like, the gravity of the situation. Yeah. And it also shows the gravity of, of what comedy can do to, uh, <laughs> I don't know, uh, any situation. And it's how much weight it can provide to uh, future events. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because, like, I don't know, I feel like you wouldn't have such... You wouldn't have that emotional connection with all the characters and everything in that last intense fight. Um, with Asriel, like, without the com- uh, the comedic uh, elements... That sort of just sort of helps to wrap everything together into one like coherent uh, world that feels real. Mm. Just because you know it's just playing off of uh, natural human emotion. Hmm. But is the game trying to go for something more real? Because at the end of the game, they're saying that they said that real life is the greatest fanfic. They said at the end? Yeah, they said that... Um, Real life is the greatest fanfic. Because I think uh, um, Undyne was talking with uh, yeah. Al- Alphys. Oh, Alphys. oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, Alphys was talking about writing a fanfic. I think she was talking about shipping... Um, Al Al Gore. <laughs> As Gore. Yeah, she, she asked... She Al Gore and Bush. <laughs> she asked, do you think Asgore and... Uh, Tariel are ever going to get back together? And then you can either say yes or no. Yeah, yeah. But then she says, well, I can't in my fanfics. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone... Because even at the end, too, when they go to the outside world, they start talking about how 
Okay, so, you know, you have the underground, which isn't, you know... Uh, I, I equated the under, under, is it, is it called the underworld? The un- underground. Underground, underground. Thank you. The underground with the game world. And then once they escape that, they go to the outside world, which, you know, and you have the sunset and a lot of nature. So I equated that to huh. being in real life. So mm. they seem to be, uh, Teetering between saying you have these real experiences here and then these other experiences here. Um, maybe slight commentary on experiencing real life outside of a screen. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, maybe, but, you know, because you have such a deep connection with the game itself. Okay, you know, beyond... <laughs> uh, I'm stepping back a bit, like, us in the game, yeah. and then, mm-hmm. you know, you have the outside world and then the uh, underground... Because, you know, we had, us in the game had that connection, so obviously they're not dismissing that. But they're also saying that, at least I, I perceive that they would be saying something along the lines of, you have these really real experiences outside the game as well. Yeah. And you can stop and... But did you, at the end of your um, pacifist route, what did you say to Toriel? That you have places to be? Or you no, I wanted to. I said I wanted to exactly. stay. Exactly. I, I said I had places to be. I wanted you to stay. man. Well, I, I wanted to stay. I, I don't know. It just seemed appropriate. Like, it you were did. sitting there, and yeah. there's the sun. It's like, you know what? I got other people to save, and I got other stuff to do. You be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> right off right right into the, the sunset. <laughs> exactly. That's what I felt. Yeah, I felt a little sad, but it was like, and then she says, um, I guess I'll see you around, and she walks off. And you get a picture of them, correct, at the end? Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? You do. If if that's what you choose, you get a picture of a family picture, sort of. Wait, if you don't choose that, you don't get the picture. No, you're you're just hanging out with them. Yeah, you just like. Well, it's job. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I get the picture. Okay, I see. Yeah. I see what you mean. Well, you you stay in bed, and Toriel brings you butterscotch. Uh... <laughs> butterscotch pie. Is she not a teacher? She is a teacher. She yes. is. Oh, okay. My, but my my point is that. <laughs> Sorry. Like, it, in after playing the game a couple times through, and like you fallen freaking in love and you want to go back you're yeah. like what does the real world have yeah. like why do i i know all these people i love all these these characters so like no nah, i'm just so here. What you everyone to seems to be having a lot of fun why do they want to go to despair and the game <laughs> like where's the disparity here and the game caused me to go back and spend time just walking back yeah all the way to the very beginning of the game just to talk with people mm-hmm. yeah I don't know, I wouldn't I, do that. In- no, when I was going through, I was thinking, like, so a lot of games, they cheat re- replayability out of you. This was not even, at, like, a chore I had to do. I, I wanted to go through and check every <laughs> single room all over again. The fact that, you know, you come back and there's even inside the Meditan Resort, even the first five people, mm-hmm. it's like, wait... I'm thinking about it now. There's no other game where you go back and play. Usually they just say the same thing over and over again. But this game, Whoa. he goes back... And changes all the dialogue. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've played a game where... Like, every single person is different. Exactly. Except for the door you knock on. And yeah, that's... Why is that there? I, I was like, all okay... The, all <laughs> the other things. Why not the door? Why is the door... I went back different? there specifically. Okay, there's got to be something behind that door now. It's like, is the guy's like, Link? I'm, and I'm in a fairy pool, right? This is totally like the fairy it was, pool. It's a hobbit hole. It was a round door, so it had to be a... Yeah, maybe. Nah. Nah. 
the best payoff though we can all agree the mouse freaking got that cheese yes, yeah. he did but he, he didn't get the, the uh, he didn't get the spaghetti though right no he, he did, did. Oh, he, did. Oh, he, did. he heated it up and yeah. then took a nibble of it but he didn't like okay. it because you know papyrus made it <laughs> <laughs> and he was taught by undyne and right yeah maybe she's not as good a cook as she is a fighter <laughs> <laughs> Is anybody a good cook down there? I thought Toriel. Well, Toriel, oh, yeah, yeah. Toriel. Okay. Them pies, man. If you, if you eat snails, if you eat <laughs> burger pants, maybe. If you eat the pie during the escort fight, he says he remember he remembers the spell yep. and he loses some attack and defense. Yeah, hmm. I did that. And if you eat it during Asriel fight, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't. It's, <laughs> it's stupid. You would think. I thought it would. Can we briefly go off into uh, some moments that we really liked? I wanted to, because we were mentioning how we went back to the very beginning. We were talking to people. Okay. Yes. You mean like your favorite person? Let's, can we each talk about our experience of the whole game? Okay. And in it, you can talk about your favorite parts. Yeah. Well, okay. I... <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to say, okay, this is my single most favorite moment. I'll, I'll point to two, though. One moment was when the snowman gave me a piece of himself, or the snowman self, uh, and I went all throughout the game, this is my second playthrough in the True Pacifist route, all throughout the game carrying that snow piece. Uh, you know, you can eat it, uh, or, I don't know, slurp it up. For or drop it. <laughs> yeah, or drop it. Uh, you can do anything with it. Uh, but I carried it all throughout the game, and I went back to him. To the snowman, and the snowman said, "Take it up, take it up with you when you leave." Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> like wow. <laughs> if I can make a comment on that, um, after I went back, I just wanted to see what he'd say. Yeah, if you eat it and, and then talk to him, he it's really brutal. Brutal. He says like, um, uh, "I know who your true part, who you truly oh, are. Wow. No one else knows, but I know who you are." <laughs> such a <laughs> such a subtle. And I'm uh, like, oh no, I, I quit out immediately. <laughs> No, that, that is brutal. I don't want the snowman thinking of me like that. Like, I know your true heart, and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> dang! All right. Um, yeah, what's your, your second? The second one was Ray sledding down the. <laughs> yes, in, in Star Wars, that is my favorite moment in Star Wars, though. It is, and it's such an Undertale moment, right? I mean, Ray is Bay, so. <laughs> yes, uh, but my second favorite moment is, I think, in the end with Asriel, and they're playing his theme. That specific song in in the game, I cried. Ooh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I just cried. I didn't. I didn't. I, uh, I felt as though Toby Fox's game was embodied in my laptop, and it was like a uh, hmm. a thing that I was communicating with. Yeah, like wow, I'm experiencing something here. It's like my experiences and your experiences were. We have this thing. Mm -hmm. And when they talk about the barrier being broken at the end, I think that was the barrier being broken between the game and uh, the player. Like, <laughs> you don't need a key, the keyboard, Dude, VR, right. the, the handheld, the controller. That's uh, Get rid of all that. The barrier is broken between that. It's you and the game. That's all it is. That's exactly, I think that's exactly right. And that's yeah. why my, the second playthrough, I was able to just say, okay, everything changed. Because uh, I, I was very skeptical. Mm -hmm. uh, my first playthrough, but yeah, <laughs> that's really beautiful, dude. Like that. that is a good point. I like that a lot. A uh, guest, please go. All right, well, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no, what's, what, what's your um, favorite calling? Um, I think, well, one of my favorite moments, um, when you first go to fight, uh, Asgore and you walk into his throne room and there's all the golden flowers all over the floor and, uh, he turns around and he's like, hello, I'll be with, or he says, hello, I'll be with you in a second. And he turns around and he goes, oh, it's you. It's And he's like, I know this day was going to come. And then you're like saying... Do we have to fight? And he's like, mm. I don't want to fight, or something like that, he says. And um, then you actually, you know, you follow him for a few rooms, and then you start out the actual battle, and he looks like his sprite in the previous throne room for a minute. And then he goes like this super like mode. battle yeah. mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he takes his giant pike and <laughs> smashes the mercy button. And when he smashed the mercy button, I was like, oh my god. He destroyed the UI! This... Yeah. <laughs> we have to fight. This There is no way to yeah. escape this without fighting. And that just, like... Yeah, at that moment it was killer to be chest. killed. Yeah. yeah. There's like, so much passion me. behind these pixels. Yeah. <laughs> but just that... I think that was probably the most intense moment for me. It was just, like, a punch in the chest. I was like, oh my god. Just to add upon your intensity, uh, so he's even watering flowers... Yeah, right? and he yeah. just stand, you know. Mm-hmm. So it shows, like, oh, this guy's a really compassionate. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not character. just like a brutal guy who's murdering people. Yeah. He's talking. He's like, yeah, I'll be with you in a second, one yeah. moment, and then he turns around and he sees like, hey, how can I? Oh, it's you, and you're just like, oh man. And throughout the game, he's his name is referred to in either red or yellow letters. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, uh, menacing. Mm-hmm. I suppose you know th- those colors. Um, Psychologically, they they produce uh, anxiety. Yeah. Uh, so when you get to the very end, you're going to this very. Yeah. What's the typical like last boss fight mentality? It's like, oh, I'm gonna walk in. He's gonna be standing there all buff and like yeah. monologue goes yeah, off and then the, intense fight. But no, I'm fighting daddy. a guy who has like regret and sadness fuzzy in his eyes. Yeah, yeah undermining buns. the uh, was it fuzzy buns or fluffy buns? Fluffy buns. Fluffy buns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just in there watering flowers. Yeah. Like undermining the, there's your final boss he's watering boss. flowers and he had a lot of similarities just, i didn't think about it until you know you were talking about it he reminded me a lot of ganon from the um gba games he's like that buff keen looking guy who looks like a warthog a warthog yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. he has that look about him but no mm-hmm. that's not his character at all he's not mm-hmm. the usual archetype yeah and that yeah. just <clears throat> i think that moment honestly was the most impactful moment for the entire game, for me personally, and mm. for one of the most impactful moments I've ever had with any kind of game, <laughs> it's like just destroying that mercy button. It's like, oh, <laughs> all right, this is this is happening. <laughs> There's no escaping this now. So yeah. Oh, what was your favorite, Alex? Well, I've already mentioned the my you know my love for the undying fight, and if you you know kill her the first time through, you know she's you know continues fighting even past yeah. her first death. And then how quiet it gets. Uh, one thing I haven't mentioned is that uh, I, w- I was first going to do sort of a Let's Play type thing where I recorded my voice and tried to get reactions, but I ended mm-hmm. up not doing that. But for that part, like for during the end part of the fight and about like a minute after, I didn't say anything. Like mm-hmm. I like escaped into myself for that. <laughs> like I don't know why it affected me that much, but like it was weird. I couldn't get any words out. So yeah, yeah. just adding on that feeling. That, no, that was. That was a really powerful battle because, like, um, before that, Papyrus his battles are sort of like a joke, you mm-hmm. know. And mm-hmm. then 
Um, Metaton is pretty jokey too. Like his whole battle is just sort of goofy. He's pretty goofy. Who else is there? Everything was pretty goofy up to that point, other than maybe the the Tariel fight. Yeah, I mean the whole cavern, like all, like, all of Waterfall was spookyish. Mm-hmm. But um, except for Onion Song, yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> Onion Song. Song. <laughs> yeah. No, that suddenly got really grave. It did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Since you mentioned Onion Son, he he reminded me a lot of Onion Grab from his face. Reminded me of Onion Grab from Adventure Time. Oh, Lemon Grab. Lemon Grab, not Onion, onion Grab. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Might as well be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Your favorite moment? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. Uh, Okay, I don't, I don't want to be all fanboyish. So I'll give myself a little bit. It was a really good payoff for a game. Like, like going back through. Like I said, it wasn't a chore. It was something I really wanted to do. So, um, just getting to see how I saved this world. Like every single person that I saved in this world, it was kind of cool. But that wasn't my favorite. <laughs> I mean, talking to Asriel at the end was really good. Yeah. You mean after you go back to where you first fell? Yeah, and and he says, "Don't kill, and don't be killed." Yeah, mm-hmm. he Which said, like, uh, "The the re- don't you can't be as nice in the out- outer world." Yeah, being something. nice can't solve it. it, it yeah, me, that's first right. of all, first thing I thought of was De Morgan's law as a mathematician, and then second of all, I was like, <clears throat> it, "It was beautiful." Like it was the exact inverse of it. Mm-hmm. Well, what is De, De Morgan's? It's something or something. Okay, negated. Be- you, you took a logic class. Oh, it's okay. Negated something and negated okay. the other thing. It's stupid, but it was like <laughs> I don't know. It was a beautiful inverse of that statement. Um, and the fact that he said like that was that is the best you could hope for, or what does he say? Don't kill and don't be killed. That is it's the, like the best you could do in this life, or something. Yeah, like that. the best, like that. He's saying like that's the happy ending you can you want. Like you, congratulations, you did it. You did, you did your happy ending. Yeah, it's like there's tons of flowers out in the real world. You can't solve all your problems by being nice. Yeah, don't kill, don't be killed. That's the best you can hope for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that really. How could you go back and do the genocide route after all that? Because other than, and you wouldn't even do it for the right reason, right? You would just be doing, oh, I, just for the reason to see what happens. Basically. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I did the first route because I wanted to play a game. The second route because I enjoyed the characters and wanted to see how it all ended. And then the genocide route, just as a completionist thing. It would be completely emotionless. To get the full picture of the universe? Well, I guess in that aspect. And, then... Okay. I, when I played through, because I, I, I had an idea of... Um, a lot of the spoilers like pretty much the whole neutral route i already had in my head before playing it at all like i knew what was going to happen and, and like the main idea of like choosing to save people or kill people or whatever and so what i did was whenever i encountered someone i would do all my options to get their name yellow and then kill them off and <laughs> i did that for like my whole first playthrough. So I killed off Papyrus, and I oh killed off Undyne. So once you could spare you can... them, you kill <laughs> What? Oh my god. It's even worse. What is wrong with you? <laughs> hey, it's, a, it's his choice. It is. You're on your knees, and then just stab him. <laughs> um, Merciless. You so, crashed soon through playing. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I, 
<laughs> Poor Sundar player. <laughs> I messed up because I um I accidentally got the popularity rating too high for MTT. Oh, okay. And I didn't realize that that was the sparing him. I was like, I was freaking killing him. So, like, <laughs> let me kill him off. Um, so, my world ended up being ruled by Metaton at the end. Oh, yeah, really? yeah, I've gotten that one. He was the only one who was left alive. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Why him? Yeah, oh. it says that uh, any hum- from now on, any human that falls in has a free access to his fan club. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh wow. But yeah, no, I could totally go through and kill them and enjoy mm. it as a game. Okay. Not 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 as even as a completion, it's just like as part of the game cuz I can understand. It's still skill-based yeah, yeah. night. Although the more you kill, the easier it becomes to dis- distance yourself from uh the people you kill. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. As said by oh. Sands. Sands. Mm. Oh, this is like that moment, that moment that you find out that okay. EXP stands for execution. Yes. Yeah, Sands was 100% Morgan Freeman, right? Like, <laughs> he was like the sage who like explained everything at the end. He's like, this mm-hmm. is what it all was all along. <laughs> what was it? It was like execution points yeah. and... Love is... Level, uh, level of violence. Level of violence. Level of violence, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it was pretty funny. So a friend who recommended this game to all, at least the... Us three. Well, I recommended it to him. And okay, and he, he recommended it, it to everyone. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, he asked me while I was playing it what level I was. And I said, oh yeah, I'm level five. And he said, oh, that's pretty good. Thing. And he said, you should uh, <laughs> you should uh, <laughs> get a better uh, level before you get to the next stage. <laughs> Did you, you didn't fall for no, that? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. <laughs> so does that mean that I killed five people? No, I... Because I, th- I only remember killing Toriel my first playthrough, no. and then the do- one of the dogs at uh, at the stand. It's the usual pro- <laughs> progression of XP. I, I didn't know oh, what to do, man. essentially. Uh, that was one of the complaints that I had about the game, is that sometimes it wasn't as clear what to do, but I think, honestly, that's what the game was going for. You have to try. You have to yeah. try, try, yeah. I think try that's again. the point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even if it's not obvious mm-hmm. uh, to but keep. Commonly, there was usually a, a dialogue change of some sort. Yeah. yeah. Like for her, like it was, you know, an ellipses, and then you spare again, it's like ellipses, yep, yeah. ellipses. Toriel's, though, at the beginning was, uh, what, what were the, how were the, I know you could spare multi, you have to kept, keep mm-hmm. on sparing her. Yeah, or mm-hmm. you could just keep missing her. You could attack and then not hit her. She's oh. like, oh. No, you could do the same thing in the training dummy at the beginning there. If you keep missing it, like initiating the attack, but then letting the bar go so it misses. Oh. If you do that enough times, the dummy says something like, or it says the dummy gets tired of your shenanigans and leaves, and it literally just shoots <laughs> off. <the screen. laughs> As we expected. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's so good. So many options. But your complaint is that it wasn't blatant enough. You want to be spoon-fed your options. At first, that was initially that's how it was, but then I, I just said that that's not what the game was going for. It. It shouldn't be blatant or right, obvious. Right. Uh, it, you do need to work to get um, to be to be moral. Yeah, I think that early. Yeah, at the beginning, tutorial. Tutorial. <laughs> wow. She like. Oh. Um, huh. She. She's mocking the blatant. That's exactly like yeah. so from from the beginning. It's like yeah, that's not what this is. Yeah. Like this is hand holding and clearly it like that. It, it acknowledges how ridiculous that is, and it's not going to do that to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I didn't even think about that. It's literal hand-holding in the tutorial. That's what yeah. you <laughs> hold your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I, I, I just made that connection. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. I thought she was just being motherly, but no, it's also, yeah. No. I think I was just mad that I, I killed a person that I didn't want to kill. <laughs> I was uh, The fact that you cared still means a lot. Yeah, from the very <laughs> beginning, I, I don't know if I knew this or not, but from, you know, I... I don't even like killing in games where you have to kill that, you know, that have no consequences for killing the people. So obviously in this game. There's some pretty intense consequences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Not like Call of Duty where you just run through and shoot a billion dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Mercilessly. <laughs> I gotta say though, one of my favorite minor characters was Lesser Dog. <laughs> They just the dog in armor. The one you pet, pet for forever. Yeah, and his head yeah, just, yeah. His head just keeps going and going and going, and eventually it like loops back around. Where no dog has gone before. <laughs> Apparently, if you keep keep petting it, like the head will pop up out of the bottom of the screen. Oh wow! I did not know that. Huh? Yeah, it's um. I don't know why that just character. it cracked me up so much. It's just like encapsulating what a dog is. <laughs> I, I've never seen a dog do that before in real life, Colin, so I don't know if that's what a dog is. Listen, <laughs> metaphorically speaking, that's what a dog's soul is. Um, wow. So talking about dogs' souls, did, uh, did we go to the lab? I was going to bring that up as well. Yeah. yeah. That, mm. the, 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 re, the, the real lab. The real lab? The real laboratory. Yeah, like... Um, that's when the game got serious. Oh, with all the amalgamation. Yeah. That was mad yeah. spooky. Yeah. It's like, I mean, the whole environment is like, oh, I'm about to learn something serious right now, aren't I? <laughs> it's very strange being in um, Alphys' uh, lab, though, because it didn't really mm -hmm. mesh with Alphys' personality. Yeah, it, I, yeah, I find it strange that, well, Alf can really take an experiment on her own, like, kin and, you know, yeah, that brethren was and stuff. It's weird. It didn't it, seem like it, she would have it in her. Yeah, it's going back to that everyone has a different side of themselves. Like, they have yeah. this quirky, silly side, and then you mm -hmm. realize, wow, they also have this very serious side where it, when things get real, I mean... I mean, it's it's like... I mean, it's pretty true to life, because a lot of people you meet, you just meet them casually, and they have their public face on. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, everybody yeah. has stuff that they've had to deal with, and all yeah. their... Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's pretty yeah. true. <laughs> and it's... You know when you Maybe meet someone... To... Or, like, you're talking to someone who you may even know them a little bit, but, like, you don't really care to talk to them that much, and you're having, like, a freaking terrible day. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you? You're like, oh, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's totally, like, you're meeting these people yeah. for the first time, so they're going to be jokey with you, but it's like, yeah. when you really dig into who they are, it's, exactly. it's not a good day. And they can, the game conveys that through environments and actual buildings, too. Oh, yeah. So, with Alphys' place, and then um, Undyne's, I guess, you go in, and it's not this huge battle uh housing right it's just it's a normal yeah, house. yeah it's pretty <laughs> nice little cozy house yeah um trying to think if there's and then again asgore like they put yeah. his name and jagged yeah he's like this and... mighty wizard who's going to destroy you and you're never going to win yeah. and it's like well he's... i guess it depends on who you're talking to yeah because other yeah. people might say oh yeah he's just a kind guy mm -hmm. and then you but... walk in he's watering flowers yeah so <laughs> actually toriel is the only person who tells you that she's like that he's yeah Hmm. Super violent, whatever. Yeah, that's right. She's just, she's just bitter. That's she right. is. Mm -hmm. They, the game never really explains why they broke up. What? Did it? What do you mean? Well, yeah, it's because of the entire about? situation. That's with the whole oh. thing that's happening. Okay. The well, it didn't. Ex okay. <laughs> I guess <laughs> she broke up. Broke up with him because you know he made, uh, catch all the humans and killed them, and then like 
dissected their determination and then okay. experimented on all the monsters. And I don't think Toriel was very cool with that. So all that's right. why she... Yeah, and they all But they didn't say that Toriel wasn't cool with this. She says that. <laughs> she she totally says that. Oh, does she? Yeah. Right. She yeah. says, I'm not yeah. wrong, right? No, no, no. It's like, I, I don't remember the wording, but she's like... Basically, she thought that Asgore is being too violent, but if he was actually brave, he would have just crossed the barrier himself and gotten the souls. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that dialogue. And he yeah. just wants to keep everyone down here and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, uh, what is his name? <laughs> Nimdog. <laughs> you mean the ghost? No, from in, from Inhumanes. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah? The, um... The Nazi doctor. Yeah. That's what I was thinking when I was playing um, through the lab. Oh, okay. Okay, Like yeah. someone performing experiments. Experiments, yeah, yeah. Like when you walk in that one room and it's all completely dark and you have to turn on the fans or whatever to get the smoke out and there's all uh-huh. the freezers. And yeah. And the, and the, the beds. ghost things keep popping up. Yeah, and the beds, the empty beds. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah, it was really intense. <laughs> it's almost. It was honestly pretty... Almost downright scary. <laughs> I, I think that, so that was second playthrough, right? Yeah, that happens. In the the true pacifist. Yeah. Yes. So you only get it once you hang out and be friends with everyone. Yeah. So, the gaster theory. Oh. Did you look at the gaster theory at mm-hmm. all? Y'all didn't look too much into I it. I haven't heard much about this. No. So I'm just going to summarize essentially what I've read online because I didn't go to the code behind. But there's a character who, if you go to the code behind, then you can unlock these these rooms and other characters. Whatever. I don't know. It's, his name's W. D. Gaster. Okay, super creepy. <laughs> and the story, in summary, is from from what I've gathered, <clears throat> he was the scientist, the royal scientist, mm-hmm. what Alpha yeah. is now. And as a scientist, he built the core, um, and maybe this other machine. This other machine is the machine that's in that locked building next to um, skeletons next to their house. The virus? That Papyrus. shed? You know that, that shed? shed? Yeah. Did, oh, can you get wrong, into dude. it? Can you get into it? You can get into it. Oh. Um, Papyrus already said you should, you know, yeah, listen to your curiosity or learned, something. Learn some privacy. Yes, learn <laughs> some privacy. Um, if you... I mean, you get, you get like a passcode, whatever, by talking to um, Sans a couple times. And mm-hmm. like a, a couple playthroughs through, or, or leaving and coming, like loading back up. Yeah. You can go into the shed, and there's like, um, like Sans turns out to have been a scientist. Hmm. Like, really? Like, or some sort of scientific background, maybe. He used to work with um, Gaster, possibly. Maybe, maybe not. And Papyrus may have as well. It's, it's unclear. Again, this is a lot of theory. and um, But but if you follow through the theory, then it, it creates a really cool universe. So uh, what happened was Gaster was doing what Alphys tried to do on himself. And he had this machine trying to inject determination or some sort of thing to capture like the monster's soul. Or mm-hmm. um, make the monster like a human. But We should probably just say first that the soul and the monster's body were essentially one right they weren't they weren't dual as as the humans was the human can survive without the body yeah that's the soul mm-hmm. but the monster cannot they turn to dust yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so Which, they're one there's some philosophical implications yeah. there um <clears throat> so what i think alpha says somewhere like when all the 
amalgamations are sneaking up on you. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll just feed them. And then she's, she says, like, uh, explains that her experiments failed because uh, monsters weren't stable enough. Their physical forms can support whatever sort of <clears throat> determination. So theory is Gaster had a machine. Uh, it didn't work. He became overloaded. His physical form became unstable and he got spewed across the universe, across the underground. Um, all, all over it? He doesn't exist anymore. Like, oh, his okay. essence got spewed everywhere. <clears throat> and everyone who knew him also got phased out of existence. Oh, so, like, that's weird. Oh, shoot. it's as if the world, oh. the universe doesn't acknowledge that he ever existed. <laughs> wow. Oh, man, that's weird. Yeah, okay. So people with memories of him got erased, too. Oh, that's creepy. And, like, oh. he's always, he, so he's always there. Like, he's in the universe everywhere, like, in midichlorians or whatever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. But, uh, and, Again, through more revelations, you come across, like, ghosts, like, characters who, um, they're, like, grayish. Like, they're not ghosts, but they're essences of mm-hmm. of W.D. Gaster left around. He even and, looks like an amalgus. He's white and kind of ghosty. Yeah, yeah. Well, these are, they look like, like, one of them looks like the monster kid, but his shirt's a little different. Like, it's checkered and he's, oh, like, grayish. And he says, like, he says something about uh, having to watch the world like work the exact same way as if like work just as well even without you like as if the world didn't need you and like that's what gaster has to do and his existence never mattered yeah oh man um that's brutal so it gets creepy right and the river person if you ever ride the the boat the river person says something about beware the man who speaks in hands and that's so sans always talks in comic sans Papyrus always talks to Papyrus. Well, W.D. Gaster is, is projected that he speaks in wingdings. And you come across one of the characters who speaks in wingdings. Some of the letters are which of which are hands, like doing whatever. Mm. Okay. Okay. So then... That's really intense. So this is the creepiest part then. So... <laughs> Um, and, and there, there are other clues hidden around. And I'm, I'm not going to get into them because I, I didn't experience them. Again, this is just what I read. Um... And, like, watch YouTube of whatever. YouTube videos. So, there's a machine in the shed outside Mm -hmm. of Papyrus and Sans' house. Um, And there's a blueprint next to it. And the writing on the blueprint is in some symbols that you you don't recognize. So, presumably wingdings. And since uh, W.D. Gaster is, like, he speaks in fonts, apparently. And, like, he's named after a font. Sans and Papyrus are probably related to him. Maybe sons, maybe oh, brothers in some way. Wow. And so okay. um, they have some knowledge of shifting timelines. And so Sans, whenever like you do anything, he's like, you've seen this before, haven't you? Or like, he's the one who judges you at the end. And like, like he knows everything. Like he teleports, whatever. Like mm-hmm. he just, yeah. Like he seems to be like different yeah. from other characters because yeah, like definitely. he's, he has this like scientific awareness of, the ability to change timelines and whatever. And so him, like he's not quite flowy who actually does have the power to save, but he knows that there is the power to save. And in the, um, the, the route, the genocide route, like he sort of reveals like why his character is who his character is, where he says like, um, uh, what's like? What's the point? Like, you're just going to reset this timeline anyway. Like, you save us all, you kill us all. Mm. Like, it, it doesn't matter. We just go back to where we were with no memory <clears throat> of any of it. Um, 
And, and so he's just like, that's really like, he's not lazy. Like he's portrayed as like lazy, like leaving his job all the time. It's not that he's lazy. It's like he's tried before and he knows that he's tried before. And it doesn't matter if he succeeds or fails. You just reset the whole game. Yeah. And so because he's not lazy, he's like, he's just apathetic. At that yeah. Point, apathetic. Like matter. nihilistic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why like, that's why his character is just jokey. <laughs> he's like, it does, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He's Dude, we'll be cushioned here, whatever. Seems to be a character taken out of one of the Coen Brothers films because they seem to usually uh, have that nihilistic, uh, those nihilistic characters, like the dude or something. So I guess it's sort of implied that Sands and Papyrus are maybe the sons of W.D. I mean, there's like Gaster. so much in common, or related like, somehow, related somehow. Yeah. yeah, and like it says, like they just appeared in town, like they just appeared in town one day, is what it says. Oh. You remember, like, the shopkeeper, if you ask what to do in town? Yeah. It's because, like, maybe they live there with Gaster, and then, like, oh, Gaster's yeah. just like, oh, hey, what are these two doing here? <laughs> well, <'cause, laughs> I thought you said that everybody who had any no- knowledge of Gaster... So, like, that's, like, the implication, too, so. but, again, a lot of this is just theory. Oh, okay. Is San and Papyrus a Skywalker? <laughs> <laughs> John Williams is proud. <laughs> Man, that's a crazy theory. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. But it, it, So, like, the first playthrough, yes, it's just a traditional RPG. You go through, you fight the boss monster, you're done. Second playthrough, presumably, you're a pacifist this time. This time you're like, okay, you, you get the, the bigger picture of the story, everyone's backstories, more or less. Um, and, like, that's good. So then you go through the genocide route, and... Maybe, like, you learn a little more about Sans, because Sans is, like, this, I guess he's, he's the end boss of the genocide route. Really? Hmm. I did not know that. Really? Yeah, so Flowey's, like, the main boss of the... Neutral, neutral. And, and pacifist. But, well, before you get into Asriel, you still have to... Well, no, no, you don't. No. I'm sorry, you don't. No, no, no. Yeah. Asriel's the, the final boss of the pacifist, and then, um, Sans is, I think he's the final boss of the, um, genocide route. Wow. And... So he is he does he is the one that makes a big deal about the exp and the lvs yeah so it's like it's like his story that time and you learn about him which leads you into gaster and, and like by the third playthrough the the game is no longer what it started out being like an rpg now it's like <laughs> it's this whole thing about timelines and like this this fourth wall breaking like it is breaking the fourth wall but like uh you know how in thor the movies like the the Marvel movie is a garbage, I think. But the the idea is like it's not magic; it's undiscovered science, mm-hmm. right? So like breaking the fourth wall, it seems goofy, and a lot of games do it, right? But this is saying like it's not breaking the fourth wall. This is the science of this universe. Mm-hmm. Is it's this like this timeline changing stuff? Hmm. All right, I, I that'll uh, that gives me a whole new perspective on uh, that self referential. Uh, dialogue yeah yeah Yeah, they're yeah they never actually they never actually reference some kind of player or someone controlling them right it's always the world they're referencing that we're just on another loop through yeah okay and like oh man it it just builds the characters sans particularly so much because like okay so you said that creepy scene at when you're eating dinner and he's like you'd be dead where you stand buddy yeah like (laughs) I'm not going to do this because it'd be really creepy, but imagine, like, you're having dinner with someone, and they're like, in another universe, I've killed you before. Like, But they're, like, dead serious. Yeah. They're like, yes, I, I've killed you many times. They're like, I've tried to kill you, or something like that. Like, that's really creepy. 
That would be terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, that's mentioned in the game when fighting Asgore. Yep. If you've you can talk to him and you tell him that you've killed me six times now, and then Asgore Seriously. smirks or something like that. He smirks or he smiles. Yeah. 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 Eventually, I think if it's, if he gets up to like ten or twelve times or something like that, it says something like he smiles forlornly or something. Oh, okay. He's obviously like not happy about murdering you fifteen times. <laughs> uh, are there any other moments where you talk to? I, I think there is, but maybe I'm just where they say, "Oh, I've killed you many times over" or something. Oh yeah, yeah, something like that. I'm pretty sure Tori, if... T- Toriel, you, if you t- you talk to her, she says, "I oh no." You say, um, "I was going to tell Toriel that I've killed you, but that would yeah. be creepy." Yeah, that's yeah, right. Decide not oh. to because that'd be creepy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, that would be. Doesn't Flowey <laughs> say something about like, "I've oh, yeah. killed you ten times already. Oh, yeah. Now give up." I've killed you infinite amount of times. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm going to kill you infinite amount of times. <laughs> yeah. That that uh, part where you're fighting the whole his vine form or whatever he is, that where everything's all horrifying. nuts. That, that is like that came <laughs> out of nowhere to me. Like, what is this? It was completely different. Yeah, the style <laughs> of the enemy or uh, his sprite and everything was just massively different from anything you've seen in the entire game. That, that whole point. yeah, that whole part reminded me of sort of uh, speed running and save stating. Where you know you're fighting, all mm-hmm. of a sudden it goes back and forth and back and mm-hmm. forth, and it reminded me sort of you know. Of that. Yeah, it was really unsettling and just disturbing. <laughs> I liked it. It was cool, yeah. but it was disturbing to me. I wish it was harder. Not like harder, like it was, oh, it's so easy, but like I wish you could die. Like it was, it was. You could die, but you know, it, it, it was always half your amount of health or something. It always scaled. They yeah. made it so you wouldn't die. But after a certain point, you wouldn't die. Really? Right? Could you die? I thought you could die. Can you? I died once, but I don't know if you could die more. Well, I mean, you die, but then it's just like you restart. Yeah, it brings you back, so there's no real consequence. There's no permanent death. Well, I guess that's sort of the point, isn't it? Yeah. And that's... Your determination is... Yeah, and that Mm -hmm. sort of goes back to the whole anime thing. There's always that point where the character's like, ugh, I'm dying, and then he comes back, (laughs) and like, better than ever. Yeah. Because they're filled with determination. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you tell Undyne yourself that anime is real. So <laughs> that's well. D- no, you can. Also, some people. No, you can say it's not real yeah. to Undyne. Oh, yeah, that's right. But who yeah. would do that? <laughs> of course, I did real. Anime is obviously <laughs> real. I saw Naruto last week. Yeah, animes are. Uh, they're just big swords or big guns, right? Yeah, big isn't that, isn't that one yeah. of the things? Yeah, you can, it's either which, swords or guns. I thought it was swords. Isn't it swords? I pick swords. It's gotta I, be swords. I pick swords. There's, there's an anime called Sword Art Online. That's but what, but, in it. but one part of that is it's all about Gun guns. Online. <laughs> it's all about guns so. in part of that show. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's half and swords. half. I've never heard of Gun Art Online. <laughs> it's Gun Gale Online. Is that a thing? Yeah. Well, this, the show is called Sword <laughs> Art Online, but it's Gun Gale in the game. Anyway. It's <laughs> super meta. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly it's big swords. So the soul represents the heart that you control in the battles, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's funny that it's a heart. Why? Because so, what a ha- philosophical thing to go out and go on, yeah. Um, How is the soul usually represented other than the heart or the brain? But why? Yeah, well, the yeah, brain. yeah, the mind, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. Is that the I'll platonic be- one? Which one is platonic? Uh. I don't know, but Descartes thought that the soul was not... It's a liver. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. like the pancreas or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, so yeah, the you appendix. Know, but why? You know, the heart. Why the heart? Heart wants what it wants. Love. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Love is all you need, Ethan. I guess. Um. Uh, gender. Yeah. Uh, no mention. This game. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. there is mention of of male and female, but the character that you play. <laughs> Completely ambiguous. Ambiguous. Everything about them. They always her. refer to them as them yeah, or their them. or yours. It's always them. Or pronouns. the human. The human. Or the human. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah. Okay. So gender in its different forms, like gender identity and gender representation and um, sexual orientation, like those three things were all really... Um, They're treated in passing in this game, Mm -hmm. in really revolutionary ways. Like games don't usually do this, or media doesn't. Media in general, and um, I think my favorite part was that it didn't even have to say this is what this is about because it wasn't even about that. It just did that. Like Metaton, for example, he was like, "Well, did they? Was there? They said he for Metaton, right?" Yeah, they did. Yeah, so like Metaton was referred to as he, but he was still like very, uh, had very feminine aspects to mm-hmm. him. Like he had the dress on a bunch of times and other traditionally feminine things, but at the same time clearly referred to as him. And it, technically not even a him or her or an it, because it's a ghost well, in maybe. a robot. I mean, whatever the ghost was, ghosts aren't just. Oh, uh, I guess that's. I mean, true. Well, I mean, they still re- refer to him as him. Well, yeah, the entire yeah. game. So he's treated. Uh, but as maybe a, that's what he wants to be. It's to. yeah. It's a different. Yeah. You're talking about two different things here. There's gender representation and gender identity. And so, yeah, like, yeah. there's I, we don't know what Metaton thinks that Metaton is, or Metaton feels that Metaton is. We know that Metaton portrays herself as female. Maybe maybe we shouldn't even be focusing on what exactly it is. That's you're not right. The, no, I don't you're think right. that's you're exactly the right. I'm not point to, of right. the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, maybe... Okay, so so there was a question that the Existential Gamer... Um, it's a blog that interviewed Toby Fox, actually. And so the interviewer asked specific questions, and they also told Toby Fox, you can skip any question you want. Toby Fox actually skipped a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. But one question that was asked was... Um, the protagonist in Undertales of ambiguous gender. This is also true of many of the monsters. He slash she or them or they encounters along the way. Uh, was this a design choice and what role does androgyny play in your vision of the world? He skipped it. Um, hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, he doesn't care about it, right? Because he obviously intentionally put it in the game. Yeah. But maybe that's just saying... Uh, that's not the point. That's, that's not the point. point. Yeah, it no, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Exactly it's just it's they're the characters. Yeah. That's who they yeah. are, and you don't need to ask that question. Just accept them for who they are. I feel yeah. I, I feel bad now for trying to get muddled in because <laughs> that's what I even said. Like that's not the point, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. true. That's true. But no, it does right, deal right. with these. Yeah, these it does. Things. Which which is, uh, I think again, it sort of goes back to the anime thing. It it always has that one character. Like um, I know Colin and I have both seen uh, One Punch Man and one of like the big macho dudes. 
in One Punch Man is sort of acts really feminine, but you know they never oh, like yeah yeah like oh what's up with this guy? It's always in passing. It doesn't really matter. It's just that character's it's there. It's just, just the way the character is. It's just yeah. what, the way it mm-hmm. is. I mean, it is, what it is. it's like um, uh, what's his name in Gurren Lagann too? The mechanic. Yes, him um, as well. Yep. Can't exactly. remember his name now. I can't remember but, it either, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. The mechanic is also very uh, sort of androgynous or. And I don't even, I don't know if this is a bad thing, but, but it's sort of filling that anime archetype. I don't know. Yeah. It does have a lot of sort of anime archetypes to it. <laughs> and none of the monsters really question it either. So they just say, okay, that's how they identify. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So I'll, I'll respect your identity and I'll, I'll refer to you as whatever you refer to yourself as. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's true. Like, you know how you come in and you've got a bandage and... A stick? Bandage and a stick, yeah. Yeah. As your... Yeah, and, like, you go around and you find, like, pairs of other, uh, like, a defensive and attack item. Mm -hmm. Like, those are the seven other people's... Or six other people's stuff. I didn't make that connection. It's like when one of the soul attacks, like, when the... uh, Is it the blue soul? One of... One of them has knives, and then one of the items you can one of the items you can pick up is the toy knife. Torn yeah, knife. or the ballet. Like ballet shoes attack you at one point, and like you get ballet shoes at one point, and it's like that soul correspond. Like it's that that person, that human, mm-hmm. is fighting back against wow, the okay. monster. So like uh, each human has this soul essence, and like the red, I guess I'm not really sure what it is. It seems like it's like red is like the combination of, of all of them together. Yeah, it's the near me- red. That's Megazord. You. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Megazord. Right? <laughs> Firepowers combined. Or it's a Captain Planet. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cool that after you beat the game and you go down to where the coffins are, all the doors were removed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Why? why? Why do you think? I think it's because the souls were like escaping almost to come help you fight. What's weird is, yeah, if you look in the one all the way to the left, it says that you now notice that there are Mummy, mummy wrappings. It says that. I like wrappings. Yeah. Yeah, it mm-hmm. says that. <clears throat> so does that say that there were bodies wrapped up in there, and now they've stood up and left? <laughs> I think what it was getting at is that, like, you come there the first time, presumably your first playthrough, you see that, and you're like, you think you're the character that you named, right? And you see your name on that gravestone, and you're like, oh, they're ready to kill me and right. bury me and take take my soul. Then afterwards, after the the um, pacifist, you go there and you're like, oh, this wasn't even my grave. There was already someone in here, and that was mm. the the first human mm-hmm. who fell down. And, like, the, they were already mummified and it's gone now. Yeah. Um, when Toriel first hands you the phone, and then from then on, they make a lot of references to social media and oh, yeah. be constantly being connected to other people through technology. <clears throat> what did you think about that? Like, the... A like cool skeleton, uh, what is it, 85? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, and even naps to look yeah. crazy. And then rejects himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, like, Alphys interrupting all the time, it filled in the long, like, the long walks, mm-hmm. which, um, I mean, they weren't insufferable on their own anyway, but I don't know. Yeah, it's... I would say that it, I think it was not necessarily directly criticizing it, but the way that Alphys was, you know, constantly checking in, I think 
Because it was annoying. It was annoying at times. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Uh, This is, you know, something that we shouldn't be taking that seriously. And Alphys kind of was. I think what what annoyed me more was the... um, the when you go back through after the true pacifist you go in the library and the newspaper editor needs a name and the name it says we could say barrier broken monsters now free or something or how about like oh yeah it's like a listicle clickbait yeah. title oh yeah and top like, 10 monsters that are now free or something yeah. like that <laughs> but then they, yeah. they they settle for something like just the end or, or you talk to another person that said that why don't they just say the end and get it over with yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah I do. I don't think I should get into this. I do. There are parts of the where I felt as though it was also talking. So I was saying how morally it was talking about looking at the other, right, and caring and sparing the other. Mm-hmm. The other could be monsters, which are similar to animals. Uh, so I think. I don't think Toby Fox was very intentional with this, but I think. At least I personally perceived the game to uh, take the route of, you know, look at how the other um, acts and feels. The other can be non-human animals as well. Um, so I thought that that's one way that I perceived the game as well, is that it, it was like, uh, maybe we should redefine how we think morally in terms of the other specifically in diet yeah specifically animals yeah hmm. uh, were were you hmm. thinking about this with vegetoid yeah yeah that and then there's a specific give vegan you like 30 hot dogs to eat though yeah but they could but they could no be... did you read they're made out of water sausages yeah which, which is a plant yeah oh, um and okay. uh Alphys right. specifically that. calls in to uh, M- Megatron. Metaton. Uh, Metaton. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and says, well, hey, uh, we, you know, you don't have to use human uh, in this cooking show. There are alternative substances oh, okay. that you can use aside from Substitutes. That. Substitutes. And it's the, it's the vegan can or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Could be. So, I didn't even think about yeah. that. <laughs> that. That's what that's that's one thing that I that was just my personal, uh, I guess. Um, no, that's interesting. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like that. Oh yeah, uh, I kept so my first playthrough. Every <laughs> every time I interacted, maybe this might have been why it took me maybe A long time. ten hours over ten hours. Yeah, well, it was nine point two for my first playthrough. Okay, ten, um, ten hours. Then. Every time I interacted with a monster you know you would stumble upon them just walking about uh you know the random yeah random 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 encounters (laughs) um the first playthrough i would i wouldn't even try and spare them i would just flee every single time that i could (laughs) so uh, maybe just because i was scared that i would kill them because i didn't really realize that there were specific ways that you could spare them Mm -hmm. so every time like okay to spare them i'll just flee i mean i guess that's an option yeah that's that's how i thought because in so you have no determination. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a determination not to kill, and so I'm scared not to scared. even take the chance. Uh, so in Pokemon, right? Those games, uh-huh. I you know I'm not a big fan of catching them all. Uh, 
I, I don't know, uh, because sometimes I do just wanted to, I did, I just, I did just want to flee, mm-hmm. even in Pokemon. And you can't really do it every single time, right? There's not always just an not option. if you're a lower level. Yeah, like even this, it was cool that there was an option. It's like you don't have to do this at all. You don't, you don't have to interact with this person at all. You can just flee sometimes. Yeah. At least all the random encounters that you had I, had that option. I don't know. I never ran. Oh, okay. <laughs> except for Undyne. Yeah. Yeah. It was the only time. Yeah. So the, I think I was just really appreciative that they had that option there. All the options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just didn't earn a gold, right? Yeah, no, yeah. that's probably... So I was always lacking in money, <laughs> which meant that I didn't have as much... So you didn't send him to college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't believe you didn't send Tim to college. And you didn't, you didn't get the spiders back home. Yeah, the first playthrough that was rough. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah. So I think this game, especially at the beginning, so a lot, a lot of times, and I know you felt the same way, correct? About okay. Uh, so you were really <laughs> waiting, waiting, waiting for a moment where it's like, okay, this makes sense now. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The first playthrough was a lot like yeah. that. In. I think right before Snowden, you see a dog um, trying to create something yeah. out of snow. Yeah, mm-hmm. just looking at it. The dog is waiting for the snow to turn into art. Uh-huh. That's what we were doing with the game. It was yes. I oh, when I saw that, wow. I was like, "This is he's talking about like yeah, people's okay. treatment of absolutely." Animals. Yeah, it's how people treat. This is any game. Like, when is the twist gonna happen? Yeah, when is, the, when, is like, when is it? When will I finally declare this art? Dang, wow. And it's he funny because you out. He did, yeah, he did. absolutely. I think Toby Fox called a lot of people in a lot of different situations out in this mm-hmm. game. No, you're absolutely right. It's a great point. Um It's funny because when you go back, it's still not complete. It's just it it's starting to form into a dog, but it's Well just... then you didn't pet the dog to the moon. Oh, that's okay. If, if you pet him to the moon, you get a bunch of sculptures. Okay. A bunch of sculptures, okay. Yeah. Oh, so I do so how's that? Because you know when you pet him, his neck goes like yeah. Like, that's what that is. That was the neck of, of a sculpture. Okay. The pillar that he s- ends up sculpting. Mm-hmm. So he's saying you have to support your local artists. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Don't pirate my game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Uh, final little thoughts. Good game. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite character was... Uh, Jimmy Hotpants. <laughs> also known as the Ice Wolf. The Ice Wolf, yeah. He renamed himself. Yeah. yeah. I was very happy that he uh, no longer had to shove ice. I always wanted to talk to him, and now I can. <laughs> I relate a lot to Burger Pants. <laughs> uh, I don't know who my favorite character was, to be honest. I'm in the same boat. Sans was one of them, definitely, Sans, and I yeah. like Undyne a lot. Who's your favorite secondary, though? Or, like, minor character? Lesser dog. No, greater dog. <laughs> no, lesser dog. The dogs. The dogs. The dogs. All the dogs. The doggos. The dogs. King. Although, Tem. Tem has a special place in my heart. Just gotta send Tem to Colleg. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alex. Oh. Sentiments. Yeah, I feel like I've already mentioned, but, you know, Undyne, I, I just enjoyed her character a lot. Like, it, they, they say that the monsters don't have determination, but it she, seemed like yeah, it seemed she like knows. she showed her own 
determination and the way she fought. The tortoise even says that she was someone with determination. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Onion son. That's my favorite character. Is it really? Uh, Not the ficus dude. Ficus dude is pretty good too. Actually, that's my my, uh, favorite minor character. There you go, the ficus guy. The ficus guy is pretty awesome. So silly, but. Or maybe, um, I don't know. Flames Heatsman? Heats Flamesman? Dude, you forgot his name. He defeated you. (laughs) (laughs) You defeated me. No. (laughs) Yeah. He was funny. Okay. No, I think the snowman. Yeah, the snowman. Oh, yeah. That was pretty intense, I gotta say. (laughs) As soon as he handed me his piece, I'm like, bro, I'm bringing this to the end of the world. And. He's he's the only like minor character that's mentioned in the end credits by another major character. He's like, so a snowman told me to tell you that he really, oh he, yeah, he, like he really appreciated you, and that was it. But it was like, <laughs> like that was that was the payoff for keeping yeah, it all the, the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. This game uh, made me cry. Uh, very emotional um, for me. It was an emotionally intense game. Yeah, it <laughs> it created. Uh, a knowingness with a game that you don't find in many games uh, is very strange. Very strange connection that I had with it. But Yeah, everything was given meaning. Mm-hmm. And you're able to connect emotionally with almost all of it. It's just masterfully done, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was humble. Okay, so it was far-reaching enough that it could have been so pretentious about everything. <laughs> There's another game that I like, Anodyne. I love that game a lot, and maybe we can scroll that sometime, but a lot of its critique was it was just way over people's heads. Like, it was trying to be over people's heads. And not that it couldn't do it successfully, but that, like, that's exactly what it was trying to do. This game, like, it didn't do that at all. Like, it was really humble, and, like, it was just a game, in Mm -hmm. essence. But, like, because of its approach, like it, it, it got really deep, and like mm-hmm. it made me want to invest in the characters and learn about the mm-hmm. depth. Could you see this being made in another medium, say book, no, movie, no. right? No, no, yeah, no, not at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely not. <laughs> I would like to personally thank Toby Fox for making this amazing game. He he poured his heart and soul into it, and you can tell from the credits, like. Yeah. Bye, Toby, bye, bye Toby, Toby, all this yeah. stuff. And even in his interviews, it, it seems like a really cool guy in terms of game design and writing and stuff. And I hope to see even more from him. Yeah. I, I feel like it'd be hard to, you know, uh, top this, but I'd like to see what he brings up, what else he brings to the table. Don't put uh, stuff on him, though. I think, <clears throat> I don't know, expectations are a hard thing to do that could. Make or break people, yeah, as we've seen in the game industry. Phil Fish. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. No. But yeah, uh, fantastic game. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you, Colin, for also guest, guest swirling on this one. Thank you for having we me. enjoyed your show. input mm-hmm. and everything. Enjoyed being here. Mm-hmm. Um, as always, you can find the links where the links are. Um, and we hope you'll join us next time. See ya.